This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, my good friend, my pal, my buddy. We made it. We made it. For better or worse, we are about to find out if the Eagles are actually. Oh, oh it's week one, buddy. It's week one. We're actually about to find it out. How no many more... pods to get to this point, man? I know. No more guessing. No more. I'm being too positive. You're being too negative. None of that. We are mere days away from actually seeing them play a football game. They're trying to win. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, I, by the way, I will tell you, I'll be, I'll be very happy to get rid of the Mister Negative tag. Uh, not used to it, Ellie. You might not know this about right. me. Usually, not called Mister Negative. I don't, I don't. You no. might. Know. It's, it's a pretty rare thing in my life. Oh, by the way, for those you know, Mister Negative out there, I would just like to make an official announcement. Last night, in my most important fantasy football league, my league that we've had for like 15 years, the one I care about the most. You're damn right I drafted Jalen Hurts to my team. You're damn right, Elliot Short Parks. There it is. Where's the negativity now, huh? Where's the where am I now, huh? Thank you. I'm thinking I'm thinking four total touchdowns on Sunday. We'll get to our prediction later on. Man's gonna be running all over the field, get me fantasy points. Gonna be beautiful. All right, let's uh (laughs) dude it is we're joking around and stuff, but it, it is like a breath of fresh air to just be here at this point now. I know we've talked about it a lot, but just the roller coaster of an off season from the moment, really the the last half of the season until now has just felt like such a grind and so many things have happened. And it's and it really is there's a point that we've talked about a lot. We'll get into the game, we're gonna dive into all that. But like your thoughts, Elliot, and we've talked about this, but just we are here now. Heading into a week of, of of a real season with a new head coach, with a new quarterback, with a whole new coaching staff, with just a lot of of 
different feels to this team, if you know what I mean. Like it's a, a different feeling heading into this season than it has been a long time. Where's your head at? Right? I mean, we know where you are with the team and all that, but just in terms of like the new kind of potentially, hopefully new era of Eagles football, certainly new. We hope it becomes an era. Um, but but how do you feel heading into this on Sunday? Yeah, I have a lot of like mixed emotions and feelings about it. I mean, just like personally, I haven't been on a plane to go to a football game since 2019. So like, it's just weird to think that I'll be in Atlanta for it. Like I'm like, you know, texting friends and family and like making plans. It's like, oh, I'll be in Atlanta. So like, just for me, it's just weird and good to go back to normal. But you know, just the fact that I'll be in Atlanta to watch it, feeling the vibe of what it's going to be like, like I'm excited to see that. I haven't seen a football game at a sold out stadium, you know, in, in over a year. So just remembering what it's going to be like on game day and all those things, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, and then, you know, just in terms of like the, the new era of the football, like we, we've never seen what this team looks like. Like I've seen them in joint practices, but even then, like that's not a full game, you know? So, you know, I know we, we've had this debate about the preseason games and all those things, but like realistically we have almost no idea what we're going to see. Like they could come out and run the ball 80% of the plays. They could come out and, you know, Jalen Hurts could have like 15 rushing attempts. They could come out and Jalen Hurts could throw it 37 times. They could come out in a 3-4 on defense. They could come out on a 4-3. They could split evenly, right? They could play zone. They could play man. Like we have no idea what to expect from this team. And it's exciting. Like for like flat out, it's exciting, right? But then when you put in like what we've been talking about all offseason, like I'm not going to lie, this is probably the most nervous I've ever been for the start of a season. Just because I've been so vocal about how I think they're going to be good. Now I'm like, oh shit, they better be good. <laughs> you know, like, so like, you know, I've been covering the team for a long time and I've never actually felt like emotionally invested in the outcome. Like I know that I make a pick each week and then whether I pick them to lose or win, like, of course, you know, that's like ideally what I would like to have happen. And I do have a good record picking them. So I take pride in my picks, but like, I've never really gone into a season on an island where I'm kind of like the only one. Like there are other people like Jillio thinks they're going to be good. The camera, I don't think is as optimistic no. as me and Jillio are, no. but he's, he's probably like around there. Right. Like I think he, he's probably a little, he's like eight uh, ways, ahead of you. So he's not quite there, but yes, I know what you right. mean. There, the point is, is I think it's a strong point. You are on an island. And even if there are other people who feel positive or kind of leaning that way or whatever, you're the most vocal one out there. When people think about Philadelphia media thinking this team's going to be good this season, you're absolutely the first name that comes to mind. Right. And it's just a, it's a different feeling. And I'm not trying to make this all about me, but it's just you asked, you know, what, I'm, what I'm thinking about heading into it's the fair. season. The question was literally about you, so it's all good. Yeah. And it's just, it's the truth. Like, and I think a lot in my head about like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're trying to be the new Spadero or like whatever. But if I'm right about them being good, then I, I wasn't being that, you know? So I don't know. I'm just, those are my feelings about it. Like I've never gone into an Eagles game at the start of the season. Like I hope they score a touchdown on the opening drive. And like, I don't, I've never felt that way about them, you know, like in a long time. So I'm just, it's, it's a weird feeling for me, you know? I love it. Welcome to the fan club, my friend. Cause this is, this is a beautiful thing. We're getting you off being a journalist. We're making you into a fan of the team. This is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, but it's an interesting debate. And I know you're, you know, tongue in cheek with yeah. that, but it's like, I have been thinking a lot about that, about like, do you have to be negative? Like everyone, everyone that says they're going to be bad always goes, I'm just trying to be realistic. And I'm, but I feel like I feel like I'm being realistic about this team. Yeah. I, I might be wrong, but I feel like I'm being realistic. Yeah. Look, I think 
I think first and foremost, personally, and this is my own personal opinion. I've always thought this. I yeah, thought, or it's just me and you talking. Exactly. So. There's no one else here. I have always thought that the whole journalists can't have a team they root for is one of the dumbest things in the history of the world. Like it made zero. Yeah, I would can't agree celebrate that. in the press box. Like that's all bullshit to me. Like this is a sport. It's it's grown men playing a kids game. Like why do we have to be so serious and so intense? I've always thought that. That's why I've always been such a Bill Simmons fan. Like from the jump, when Bill Simmons came out, it was because he was like the first person to kind of be like, "Hey, I'm a fan of a team." I care about him. I'm not just a journalist. And, like, that was his shtick, and it, and it always worked for me It because I never got the whole, like, fair and even balance. Like, you cover this team. Of course you're going to care about them. Like, even if you won't admit it, like, if they're better, it's better for your career. It's better for your life. So yeah. even on a basic level, even if you're not, quote-unquote, rooting for them, guess what? You're fucking rooting for them. You know? So I, like... I've always hated that. So that that is is its one own thing there. But the other thing, too, is that I just look, I think you make a really good point in that. And this has really been over the last few years. It's felt this way. And I think and we're going to get into the game in a sec. I know this is a little deeper than what we expect to get into. But I do think that there is this thing with with social media and all this stuff where it's like um, it's like hard to to just in, in a job like this, where our job is to say how we feel, say what our opinion is. It's hard when people crush your opinion as like you have some sort of agenda or some sort of motive when all you're right. doing is saying how you feel. And it's like, I, it's it's tough, man. And don't look, I'm not like saying like, feel sorry for us. I don't feel sorry for us. But it no, is- No, I think it's an interesting- It's tough, I think it's man. An interesting it discussion. is tough. Like all Elliot's done this entire offseason is say what he thinks and feels. And he could be wrong. He could be spectacularly wrong. In one month, we could be on this podcast and Elliot could be like, hand up, guys. I'm an idiot. I don't know what I was thinking. Like that could happen. But But all he's doing now is saying what he actually thinks is true. And it's crazy that we're at this point where you can't say what you think is true without fearing retribution for it. Well, what an interesting moment that popped in my head when you were talking about like guys rooting for the team not rooting for the team, like, can you have a favorite team as a journalist, vice versa, is I remember when they when they beat the uh, Minnesota, excuse me, when they beat the Minnesota Vikings in NFC Championship game, me and all the reporters are standing along, like, a tunnel as the players run in from the field. So we're, we're waiting some outside the locker room, but we can't go in yet because they weren't in there. So they're running one by one. They're going by. And, of course, they're, like, celebrating. They have on their hats and shirts and all that. And Nelson Aguilar comes by and he starts going to each like reporter and just kind of being like, hey, we did it. We did it. Right. And I I don't remember who it was specifically. I wouldn't say either way. But like a few of the reporters were kind of like, oh, like, come on, like we can't celebrate. And Aguilar said something like, come on, if you can't celebrate now, when can you celebrate? And I thought it was an interesting point, like just kind of like there are human sides to this, too. You know, I mean, Ray Dinger talked about it after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. If I'm not mistaken, he cried on the set. Yep. Right. With his son. So like yep. and he, you know, he's arguably the best reporter in the history of the city. I mean, you know, you sure. can certainly yeah. he's at least yeah. on the short list. Right? Yeah, so exactly. Like, he's, he's in the, the Mount Rushmore, as they say. Right. I just don't think I don't think that you can. I don't think whether or not you're rooting for a team changes how you view them objectively, if that makes sense. Like you're Mr. Go Birds. And I know yes. when we talk, like you're very objective about it. Right. Like, so I, I don't, I guess I, I just don't get this whole narrative of like, Oh, you're just being a Homer or like blah, blah, blah. Like I, I was on a, a, a hit in Buffalo today, a radio hit. And they asked me which team I think is going to surprise. And I said, the Eagles. And they're like, Oh, well, you're from Philadelphia. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm telling you, I think they're going to surprise. So it's just, 
something I've been thinking about a lot heading into the season. Yeah, it's it's we're in a really fascinating time when it comes to this stuff, especially again. I think you're a perfect example of the dichotomy there is where you spend the last couple years getting crushed by this fan base for being anti Carson Wentz and in a right. sense anti Eagles because of that. And now you're turning around and you love the team. You love the new quarterback. You're all in. And people are like, you fucking loser. Oh, you're strong. It's so funny. It's ridiculous. I I don't understand. Like, you can't win. So, whatever. We're going to find out. Yeah. All this is to say, Elliot's got a lot riding on this season. We're all in it together. And and we all hope he's right. That's the beautiful thing. This We can all get on board that we all want the Eagles to be awesome. So, we're in. Well, it's so funny. I'm going to the a bachelor party for two days prior to the game. It's like my best friend since sixth grade. I'm the best man in the wedding. I've been planning it for weeks. And like all I can think about is getting to Atlanta for the game. <laughs> like I'm just like I'm so ready to see this team try to win a game and see what it looks like. Oh, I can't wait. And to the, the question I asked you at the top two, like at least for me, it's a breath of fresh air. You know, to go into this season with a new head coach, a new staff, a new vibe, Jalen Hurts, like it just – I'm excited to watch the Eagles play football. And, and that's even coming from someone who, you know, doesn't have the highest of expectations. I'm at seven wins. And as I said, I could see five to nine, like anywhere in there. But like, I, even though I, I'm not expecting a lot from this team, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see yeah. who Jalen Hurts is, to see what we have, to see what the future holds. So um, I, I think, I think if nothing else, even if you're down on the team and their chances, I think it, it's still a, a breath of fresh air, this new season and this new, this new group, you know? Yeah even though we're talking about it from a bit more of a media perspective, like I'd imagine there's a lot of fans out there who are thinking, I don't think the team's going to be good, but are maybe wishing the team's going to be good. And then saying to themselves, well, am I just being optimistic or am I being realistic? And this is the debate we've had all off season. So we don't want to get back into it. But I do think that like, if you're a fan and you're trying to look at this season, like I don't think you're being wrong and thinking that they can be good. I don't think you're just being a homer or a fan. Like I think you you can look at this team and see reasons that they'll be positive. And also I would say that that heading into a season, this is one of the hardest teams to judge in as long as I can remember because of all the unknowns. We just don't yeah. know what Nick Sirianni is going to be as a game day coach. We just don't know how good Jalen Hurts can be. Like there's so many question marks. Jalen Rager, will he be better? Quez Watkins, this is as good as he has flashed. You know, Devontae Smith, can he step? I mean, we both think he's going to be a star, but can he step on day one and be a star? Like, there's just so yeah. many unknowns with this team that it's, you know, it's really, and that's why I think the funniest part, and that's why I haven't, you know, I hear a lot of people when you will, will give your opinions or whatever where they're like, well, that's stupid or that's ridiculous. And that's why I don't want, I'm like, I can see how that can play out. I just don't think it's going to. But I right. don't. I just don't think it's fair for anyone to say they're either going to be this or they're going to be that because there are so many unknowns and we we all really don't know. Well, what's interesting is last year, everyone thought they were going to be probably a playoff team, right? They were coming off of Hand Carson up, carrying buddy. them to the playoffs. Hand up, like, buddy. Yeah. Yep. And they were awful, right? So like, I mean, it's just we all do the best we can to predict and. Just have fun doing it, and now we'll now we'll find out. Yeah, you had him. So last year, I had him at nine and seven, and I think the seventh playoff seed, I had him getting that last spot in the playoffs, and you had him at eight and eight, and just missing the playoffs. Yeah, Are people playoffs, getting yeah. mad at you because you were four wins off last year, or no? Right, because you're no. four wins. No, okay. I'm just checking, just trying to you know get it straight. All right, uh, let's get into this week. I think the existential discussion is has gone on as long as we could take it. Um, but I do, I do think it's fascinating stuff, and I think on a basic level, I'm just, I'm excited for something new. Um, all right, let's yes. let's speak about that new Elliot Eagles 
Falcons. You're going to be in the building. We all know it's a three-and-a-half-point spread. Our Parks Pick Spot will be out later in the week. We'll go through every single game on the slate. And, of course, we'll make our pick for this game at the end of the pod. Um, Elliot, I'll even tell you this, too. I'm torn on which way I'm going to go on this pick. Um, so so you have a chance to sway me with this pod, too, because I feel pretty confident I know which way you're going. Um, set, yeah. the, set the scene, and then we'll get into some specific important matchups or factors for the game. But set the scene. Eagles heading down to the Falcons week one. Um, set the scene for us. Yeah, so you're torn, which I understand, right? But, like, the Falcons are not good. Like, the, the more I dig into this roster, and it's possible the Eagles end up not being good, in which case they could definitely lose to the Falcons. But looking at the Falcons roster, I think people, like – you think about them, you think, oh, they have a ton of weapons, right? But they really don't. Like, they have Calvin Ridley, and then they have Kyle Pitts, who, you know, if if people are expecting Devontae to be good right away, then I think it's only fair to feel the same way about Kyle Pitts. But, like, ultimately, Kyle Pitts is playing his first NFL game, so w- who knows what he's going to be. But, like, Mike Davis at running back, I don't think he's very good. Wayne Goleman, he's okay. Cordella, uh, Cordella right? Or Cordero. Pat- Cor- Cord- Cordero Patterson, like, He's listed as their backup running back. I don't think he's that good or explosive. Like, and then their lines, their line is bad. Like, they're starting Matt Hennessy at center. He's either, I think he has two or three career starts under his belt. Um, they Jake Matthews is good, but he's only one of them. Their other tackle, Caleb McCary, he's not that good. Chris Lindstrom, he's not that good. Like the interior of their offensive line is is not just like not good it's bad like it is a weakness of this team and then you add in the fact that uh matt ryan is 36 years old and after his 15th season it was never mobile to begin with like if there's any game where the eagles defensive line can win it for him like this is it that this is the game you win because fletcher cox javon hargrave right up the middle at matt ryan it should sh- it should shut down their running game it should shut down their passing game, it should make them have to get the ball out quickly, which helps the cornerbacks down the field. Calvin Ridley, obviously very good. And we saw last year that Darius Slay struggled against, you know, like the DK Metcalfs and the Devontae Adams. And Calvin Ridley's very good. I don't know if he's in that class yet. Like, I'd put him more in the, the Terry McLaurin class type of guy. He might be a little better than him. But the, those type of players. And we saw Darius Slay do really well against Terry McLaurin last year. So... I just don't see, and we're talking just offense, defense now, but like when the Eagles defense is on the field, these are not the the Falcons of old. These are not the ones that you have to worry about putting up 30 plus points easily. Like Julio Jones isn't there anymore. Uh, like the running backs aren't as good as they used to be. So I, I don't see a lot of like intimidating weapons on the Falcons offense. I, I agree. It's a bit of an overblown narrative, but I'll push back a bit. I mean, first of all, I think Calvin Ridley is a top five receiver in football. I think that dude's awesome. And I think he's, but you going, think he's better than Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I just said, I think he's a top five receiver in football. Okay, I would only have like Devonte Adams, like a couple guys, Devonte Adams, Deandre Hopkins, like DK Metcalf, probably like there are like three or four guys I would have it. I think Calvin Ridley's that good. Like, I think he is a top five to six receiver in football. So I think he's absolutely better than McLaurin. Okay. I would put McLaurin in like 10, 11 range. I really like McLaurin. Um, so yes, I think Calvin Ridley's that good. And I think you're underrating Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis is a good running back. Like he's not a superstar or anything, but he's just good. Like he just gets the job done. He can catch the ball. He's a good pass blocker. Like I like Mike Davis. So I do think you're underrating those two guys. But I think your point holds in the sense, and I also think Russell Gage is better than people think is their number two receiver too. But I I do think your point holds in the sense that this is not a juggernaut offense that it's been in the past, or I don't think it will be right away. It doesn't have the same firepower as it did before, but 
I mean, a new head coach, one of the things that we talked about, and I know that he called plays in Tennessee, but they do have that advantage of a new scheme and a new coach, too. Do you think that's going to be something we've talked about as such a big advantage for Nick Sirianni and, and Jonathan Gannon? Is it a way bigger advantage for them because Arthur Smith has called plays before, or is it a new scheme down there, too, and a big advantage for them as well, you think? Well, the tough thing is it's such different personnel. Like in Tennessee, they had Derrick Henry. So obviously you're going to be a much more run-heavy offense than you're going to be. However you feel about Mike Davis, he certainly is not Derrick Henry. Like that. So I think there's an advantage in the way that you've, se- you've seen him run plays and you've seen him as a play caller. But the personnel is so different. I don't know if it's as big of an advantage as it would be. I think the Eagles have the bigger advantage because Sirianni's never called plays, right? So you have no idea what he's going to be. But I, I do think with Arthur Smith, like there's still a level of of, un, of where you don't know what he's going to do because of how different the personnel was. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, and look, Kyle Pitts, again, we don't know what he's going to be from the jump. You know, rookie tight ends usually take time, but he's such a um, – like a freak, such a unicorn when it comes to that position right. that Billy do. So who knows? Like you know, he could have a plan for Kyle Pitts where Kyle Pitts just comes out and is awesome from the jump. Like that wouldn't be the most shocking thing ever. Well, I I'm curious. Certainly see it. I'm also curious to see how they decide to cover him. Like, obviously I'm I'm sure they'll put Darius Slay on Calvin Ridley and we'll see if he follows him. But I mean they say they have confidence in Steven Nelson, so who knows? I mean, we'll I but obviously one of them will be on him. I do wonder, and it depends where he lines up, but like you don't want Avante Maddox on him. Like, Avante Maddox is undersized to Kyle Pitts. Like, Steven Nelson isn't huge either, but at least he's a very physical corner, so I could maybe see that. But if you're not going to do a corner, like, I don't know. I mean, Eric Wilson, like, he seems too slow to cover Kyle Pitts. They don't really have, like, that, like, athletic, really athletic coverage linebacker, unless there's someone I'm not thinking of, but... Well, you're describing why Kyle Pitts was the fourth pick in the draft, right? Yeah, well, there it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like this is what every single team— I mean, maybe get. Anthony Harris. Like Derwin James feels like there are not that many guys in the league. Anthony Harris right. is a thought. And even then, you know, physically, I don't know if he can hang with Pitts. It's just there aren't that many guys who are that big and that fast. You know, it's a really— Yeah, I think physically he could do it. I mean, he's a big guy. Um, I just don't know if he would have the speed. But, yeah, he's a matchup problem. There you go. That's why you yeah. go, number, yeah. like you said, that's why you go number four overall. <laughs> All right, what are some of the other matchups that stand out to you in this game? Are there any? Uh, real quick, actually, you just did kind of the Eagles um, defense versus the, the Falcons offense. What about the other way quickly, and then we'll get into specific right. matchups. So, so I think that just like on the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles, they have, I believe, a big advantage at the line of scrimmage. I think the Eagles have a big advantage along the offensive line as well against the Falcons' pass rush. The Falcons don't have anybody that scares you. Like, uh, Grady Jarrett is good, uh, so he's probably, like, the one that you would be a little nervous about. But outside of that, I think their other three starters have something like nine and a half sacks combined in 160 games or something absurd like that. Like, they, they, they do not rush the passer well they play a three four with a stand-up rusher so it can be a bit of a four three at at times but they they just they don't have an intimidating pass rush now as we've talked about all offseason the eagles offensive line if they're not healthy is a concern because when you put the backups in they're not as good and and all those things but they are healthy going into week one like they should have their starting five guys there 
And it is going to be like the Eagles offensive line is no no excuse to lose one on one matchups to these guys. What will be interesting to see, though, is if the Falcons, because I don't think they're going to win their matchups and create pressure organically, if they're going to blitz. And if they do, then that becomes Jalen Hurts becomes part of like the the cup, the uh, protection. Like he has to recognize the blitz. He has to get out on time. And I think they have a real opportunity to get some big plays there because they do have explosive guys out of the backfield. Like if Miles Sanders catches the ball, he's explosive after the catch. Kenny Gainwell is Boston Scott. And if they're bringing extra defenders and trying to get after Jalen Hurts, then he has to beat them and make them pay for the blitz. Now, if they don't and they drop back into coverage, then Jalen Hurts has more than enough time, he should at least, to really survey the field. And I think he could really do damage with his legs too there. So the Eagles offensive line has got to win the matchup. Just like the Eagles defensive line, I think has a big advantage and they can earn their money and go and really dominate the Falcons offensive line. The Eagles offensive line is also has arguably an even better matchup again this against this Falcons defensive line. Yeah, and again, that's kind of what you've been harping on, right? If if they're going to win games, it's going to be in the trenches and they need to win especially in matchups where they have a decided advantage to your point, right? Like there are other really good offensive and defensive lines in the NFL. The Falcons don't seem to have either of those things. So no. when when you talk about winning in the trenches, this is a real opportunity to win the game in the trenches. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, and you know, I've been thinking obviously a lot about this game. And there's part of me that's like, well, it's just one game. Like, maybe you won't get a really good read on who they are. It's their first game of the season, all those things. But the other side of me is like, look, if the Eagles are going to win the division, like I think, and if they're going to win games at the line of scrimmage, they have to show it right away because everyone's healthy. The players we're talking about are veteran players. Like, Josh Sweat is not a veteran, but he played last year. I think you can expect him to be an impact player right away. Cox is an impact player. Hargrave's an impact player. Or, sorry, veteran player. Like, all along the offensive line, they're veterans. So, you know, maybe Jalen Hurts lays a bit of an egg and then you can explain it away as well. It's his first start, Devontae Smith, like all those things. But you can't excuse the lines. Like the lines should be able to come in and dominate right away. All right. Are there any other matchups in this game that stick out to you as pivot ones? You know, the game could swing on this matchup or that matchup. So I was trying to debate this. Maybe I'll throw it back at you. But like, the Falcons cornerbacks, it feels to me like it's an advantageous matchup for the Eagles. I mean, Fabian Moreau, A.J. Terrell, I, I don't know. I'm not super impressed by their secondary. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I have not been. Terrell, obviously, uh, for Eagles fans who don't remember, was the guy who Atlanta took with the 17th pick when everyone in the world thought that, that how he was going to jump up and, and take uh, right, C.D. Lamb. CD. And they wouldn't make the trade, and then CD went to Dallas, and that's how that played out. And then, of course, the Justin Jefferson disaster. Um, yes. So talented, um, but you know, didn't show that much as a rookie. Uh, I uh, look. I don't. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on those guys, but it doesn't seem like a, a very difficult matchup for these receivers. But again, you know, we also need to see the Eagles receivers win. You know, and Devontae yeah. feel good about, but I need to see Jalen Rager go out and beat guys, especially someone who's a first round pick last year if he's going to be matched up on Terrell. Yeah, so I, I that's kind of where I fall on it. What I'm also debating in terms of this isn't a one-on-one matchup type of thing, but how much do you think they're going to run the ball? So, I mean, I think that is if if Eagles fans could write five questions about this season, uh, like macro questions like that, drinking game, just said it. Um, there it is. If it, like five questions about the team, I think that would be on like 90% of the list. You know, because I think it is yeah. something where knowing what we know about Nick Sirianni, where he comes from, what he believes in, and, you know, his philosoph- philosophical thoughts and all this type of stuff, and the way the roster is put together, 
But the offensive line being the strongest unit on the team and with seemingly a, a fair amount of talent in that running back room, like it seems like the Eagles should run the ball a lot. It seems like they are set up well to run the ball a lot. And then, of course, when you add in that their quarterbacks, right now at least, the most defined skill that we know he has is he's a freaking awesome runner of football. Like, they should be running the ball, Elliot. Like, this offense should be a run-first offense, which I know is not the way the NFL is, but that's how this team should be built right now. So I looked it up, and last year the Falcons were seventh in the league in terms of rushing yards allowed per game. Now, that's not always the best Seventh most or seventh least? Seventh least. So they allowed 104 yards per game. Only six teams allowed less. Yeah, it's Um, it's not always the best indicator because they could have allowed, like, the most passing yards, and thus no one runs on them and those kinds of things, too. Right. So let me. I'm going to look up their yards per carry right now. I should have done this before the pod, but this is library. Yeah, this is why these things happen. They come up. We talk about them. It's... It's right. The, it's so they the were magic. not as good. The magic of yards a live per- podcast that people don't listen to live. So yards per carry, they allowed 4.4, which oh, yeah. see, two, so that's four, not great. Six, eight, 10, 12, worse than the Eagles. So they were like middle yeah, impact. 15. It's not good. So they're, yeah. Four and a half yeah, yards of carry good. is not good. Right. You knew that right. You're a football guy. <laughs> you knew that right. Um, so I think you should be, I think they should be able to run against them again, because they have such an advantage on the, on well, the real quick, line. answer your question. Cause you're the one who's down there. You're the one who actually saw joint practices. You're the one who's definitely got a lot more information than us on the outside. Cause I think every Eagles fan right now wants them to run the ball more. And I think that when you look at this team, like I just did logically with the personnel, they have the head coach, they have here, all that stuff. Like, it feels like it makes sense for this to be a football team that runs the ball a lot. What do you think? I think they're going to do it. Now, the counter to that, of course, is, well, Jeffrey Lurie is always going to have a throw. Which is in the back of our minds, Elliot. Every person listening right now is thinking, but Jeffrey said. Right. And I think there's truth to that. But where I would say this, it might, that logic might fall apart is Jeffrey Lurie definitely wants to throw the ball. Jeffrey Lurie is always going to be a. a pass first owner. That's how he wants to win. But Jeffrey was also telling him to throw the ball when they had Carson and like he invested a lot of money in Carson. So I do wonder if like Jeffrey wants to throw it, but I also don't think Jeffrey is a stupid guy. So I, I do think that like if Sirianni says to him, look, we think Kurtz can throw the ball, but the strength of this team is the run. Like I, I do believe they're going to run it more ultimately is where I'm coming down. That I think they're going to run it more. Now I think part of it is Jalen hurts is going to be involved in that. So maybe you won't see as many, carries a huge increase of carries from the running backs, but I do believe they're going to run the ball more under Sirianni. Okay, good, good. That is, that is the answer that every single one of us wanted to hear out of your mouth. And I think they need to, again, personnel wise, like, and also just like, you know, sometimes those like idioms or, you know, cliches or whatever you want to call them. I, Elliot, I know, you know, anyone who's listening to this pod knows, I've talked about this before, but I'm a big cliches or cliches for a reason. You, know? you absolutely are. I yes. say that all the time. And I think these like idioms are idioms for a reason. And the reason that people have said for 50 years, hey, you know what really helps a young quarterback out? A running game. Because it's true. All right. People yeah. say it because yeah. it's true. So, hey, you know what helped Jalen Hurts out? A good running game. Yeah. And I look, so we've talked a lot about Miles Sanders in the passing game, but as a runner, he's looked really good in training camp. Like he looks faster and stronger than he has. He really like when he takes off, like he, it's just been impressive to watch him run the ball. Now what will be interesting to see is how much they get Kenny Gainwell involved because he's become more and more involved in a small thing that I noticed. And you know, this could be like a peek inside of Sirianni's head. He was doing an interview on NFL network 
and it, they were talking about running the ball. And it was a segment about how they give out, I guess, like a little sword to someone that has the hardest run of the week. Uh, it's like a little bit this they the do. It's the Kyle Brandt and, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Kyle Brandt one. Like the, it's like a scepter or something. Yeah. And the, he was asking Sirianni about it. And he was like, so you think we're going to see any of your guys on there? And he said, look, we really like Miles and Kenny Gainwell. Ooh, did he really? Then he he mentioned Boston Scott after. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Same, buddy, right? Threw him in. Right. But. I just oh, thought oh, that oh, was oh, don't forget, we got Boston. He's great, too. Boston's got really good. Really good. Don't, right. don't want to keep him in there. That's interesting, it, Elliot. It was a very, like, off-the-cuff type of, like, just a quick look into his head. That so. is, no, that is, I am, a uh, again, to go back to stuff I'm a big believer in, I'm a big believer in in those type of slip-ups are, are true. Yeah, me you too. Know? I generally take those as true. So that's really fascinating. And you know I'm a big game wall guy. So I'm um, I'm excited about that. I'm in on that. They need to run the ball. All right. What else stands out? I, you- I have another. Well, I have another Falcons question for, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask mind. what else if, stands if you out don't mind. in the game. Yeah, please. What's your thoughts on Matt Ryan? Um, he's fine. You know, I think he's fine. That's kind of where I am. Yeah, yeah, I think he's probably like somewhere, depending on if he, you know, I, I think his like he is somewhere. He is going to be, and again. Things can go well or bad, but he's going to be somewhere between the 16th and the 22nd best quarterback in the NFL this year. Is that fair? So I, I think Matt Ryan is good enough to beat the Eagles on Sunday if they don't play well defensively. I don't think he's good enough to beat them if they play up to their potential on defense. Like, if they get a pass rush after him, if Darius Slay plays well, like, I think the Eagles should be able to stop Matt Ryan. But he's definitely not... You know, like a Ben DiNucci. Obviously, he's not a Ben DiNucci. But he's not even – he's not somebody that uh, is going to lose the game for the Falcons, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Matt Ryan is at the point where, you know, he's seen everything on a football field. He's – you know, you're not going to you're not gonna catch Matt Ryan by surprise. You can beat him, but he's not going to, like, give the game – they're not going to win because Matt Ryan did something stupid, you know? Right. I, I don't think they're going like I don't think Matt Ryan can throw them to a victory and I don't think Matt Ryan will lose it for him. I think he'll just be like, okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. But again, like I wouldn't have thought that that Dwayne Haskins would lead the Washington to a victory last year and all of a sudden that second half happened. So, you know, who yes, knows? That's true. But I, I, I agree with your general overall uh breakdown of Matt Ryan. All right. Any I wanna there's uh two more things, three more things I want to get to after we finish previewing the game but is there anything else in this eagles falcons game that sticks out to you as something notable something we should talk about yeah the one worry i do have and this isn't a matchup because i feel like we've gotten into a lot of those but the one worry i do have is the eagles special teams um really young coordinator not a great second half of the bottom half of the roster um you know the falcons do have dangerous return guys like i could see the special if the eagles lose it wouldn't surprise me if there's a big special teams play that hurt them. If I'm the Eagles, I'm just like kicking it, kicking it out the back of the end zone, punting it away. Like, don't let them return the ball. Cause I, I, if I'm Sirianni, Howie, you know, all, like I don't trust the special teams yet. Yeah. And that's a concern, uh, at least for me, because as someone who has them at seven wins, you know, winning on the margins can make a difference. You know, the difference between eight or nine wins and, and six or seven wins could be a couple special teams plays or something like that. And, and that is the type of stuff where I think you, if you're not a great roster, if you're not a great team, like you need to be good in those specialty areas because you know you yeah. can't you can't add, you can't give more and more opportunities for for things to get out of hand. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, for sure. So and I mean, if also, this, like, falls apart. as someone who's about to turn 40 in 18 mm. days, yeah, the 27-year-old or whatever he is, but 30-year-old special teams coach, you know, definitely concerned about that too, buddy. So here's a question. Is he 27? Is that right? Or is he Something 30? like that. Yeah, yeah, he's very young. It's unbelievable. Um, I was like a baby with that. I was like, I wasn't even in this career back then. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's, I can't, it's unreal. So Andy Reid's first game, onside kick. Or sorry, the, sorry, the second, second year, year of the first game. Correct, yes. Okay. Would Sirianni dare? <laughs> I think that if they had not changed the onside kick rules so dramatically, like it's impossible to get an onside kick now. So I, yeah. I don't think he will because it would be stupid. But I like the chutzpah if he did. I wouldn't. I would appreciate. What it. does Sirianni do on Sunday that like he's gonna do something? Signals right? him out. See, I here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think it's not like I think we're all expecting Sirianni to be like, you know, some sort of like thing where he like shows a ton of emotion or some sort of thing where he, you know, does this or does that. Like I think he's just gonna go out and coach a game. Like I think on game day yeah. he's gonna be a lot more, you know, just in the zone and doing his thing and not like as uh, not like a character. Like I think he's just gonna be a coach on Sunday. That's that's my guess. And I think that's what's gonna be unexpected is that the unexpected that the expected doesn't happen. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch him call the game. I mean like one thing that's really come across to me about Sirianni is and we'll see if he can coach on Sundays. But I really do believe that this guy, like, knows football. Well, like, just clearly. Like, when he talks about it, like, even just, you know, I can just picture him, like, in his spare time with his brother, like, breaking down X's and O's. Like, that does not mean he'll be a good head coach. But I would be surprised if, like, the Falcons did something on Sunday that he was completely unprepared for or didn't recognize right away. Like, I think adjustments could be something Sirianni will be good at where they throw him something and he's able to adjust on the fly. Now, you still have to call the plays, and that's a different beast. But if the Falcons come out and do a defensive for formation, like, I think I think Sirianni is going to be able to recognize whatever it is quickly and adjust. Well, I hope so. I mean, look, that's I, I think that takes – maybe – yeah, but I think it takes time to be able to do that well and do it effectively and be able to adjust sure, and all that. For but sure, yeah. I don't want to set expectations too high. All right, um, a few more things I want to get to. First, uh, let me remind everyone, and I can't believe I, I haven't yet, download the Park Sportsbook app. The season is about to start. Elliot and I are going to be having a blast talking about gambling this year, betting on these games. We're going to have a Parks account. We're going to be making our picks for the first week's game this week. We're going to go through all the games. We're going to bet on all of it. So download the Park Sportsbook app so you can have some fun with us. Uh, it's a blast. Ellie and I have been having such a good time using this app. It's intuitive. It's fun. It's easy to use. You can do everything. You can bet on individual player performances. You don't even need fantasy anymore. You can just bet on all the individual stuff on your phone. You don't have to pick someone at the beginning of the season, and then they, they're injured and out for the rest of the year. You can just pick a guy for a week. Be like, I like this matchup. I'm betting on that guy this week. You can do it all, Elliot. It's just been – we have had so much fun with this app, and we haven't even really gone nuts with it during football season. I can't wait. So should I give my, like, underdog pick of the week here? Uh, okay. Like, I feel like so I here – uh, no. I, I love what you just did. You're going to get it on the – unless – oh, you're saying for, for football? Yeah, I guess give it now because we'll be yeah. making the picks on the next one. Okay, I was going to save for the Parks picks, but you know what? You're all welcome. Go ahead. Texans plus three. They're big time. Like Home everybody's everybody's saying how bad they are. Blah, blah, blah. Like they're playing the Jaguars and they're at home. Like, I don't, the Jaguars I don't, hate don't deserve it. to be road favorites against anybody. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. 
Not a horrible Let's do pick. It. Yeah. All right. And you can bet on all of these games. Still get in on futures. I put a couple bucks down on Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. Uh, there's a game on Thursday night. You can bet on that. Tampa Bay, uh, seven and a half point favorite over Dallas uh, as it's creeping up. Um, you can bet on all these. And it is so much fun. And Elliot and I have had just a blast using the app. And, and this season, it is going to be that much more fun. So do it now. And here's the deal. New customers, you sign up right now. You get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. Up to $500 your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. Website has all the details. You must be 21 and president of Pennsylvania. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, E, did you have anything else from Eagles Atlanta before we get to the other stuff? No, I think that's all of it. Boom. Okay. There it is. Um, I think you nailed it. I'm very impressed Thank with your you. performance. Thank um, you. Hopefully the Eagles can be as good as you on Sunday. You're making a, We're making picks on this pod, right? Well, we're making a pick for the Eagles game, yes. That's if, what I mean, correct. Oh, yes. yeah, of all course right. we are. Come on. Just making sure. Come I'm on. curious to see if I've swayed you at all. Come on. Come on. Well, we're going to find out. All right. Uh, we I are. Have, I'm excited. I have four things I want to get to. Uh, one is very quick, uh, and that is uh, Landon Dickerson practicing fully there shout out to all the dickerson guys i'm just saying just saying. You got your flag down early just saying and he's like a 10-time all pro just saying all right uh yeah. i think the the biggest news of the week outside of you know football starting and all that um dallas goddard over the weekend uh video conference with the reporters and honestly like one of the more surprising quotes heading into a season that we've heard in a while just because Usually players don't talk about this type of stuff in Dallas Goddard's situation and generally like right before the season starts, but Dallas Goddard coming out and saying, hey, I expected a new deal. Uh, looks like they're going in another direction. I'm just going to go out and play the year out. Um, uh, shocking on many levels. I think a lot of people thought that that uh, Dallas Goddard extension was a fait accompli. And I think also a lot of people just surprised here. Dallas Goddard bringing this up right now. Um, yeah. What did you think of what Goddard had to say and what it means? So that was interesting. He brought it up. I would imagine it was a calculated thing. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I feel like normally when players bring up their contract in a press conference, like their agent has kind of persuaded them to do it. Um, the Goddard thing is also interesting because normally in these situations, I think it's very clear what what side is making the mistake. Like if Miles Sanders gets offered a contract after this year, he should take it, right? Like there, there are certain instances where players don't have, that they should just take the money. And there's an argument to be made that Goddard is in that situation. Like he was a second round pick. He's entering, he's going to be entering obviously his fifth year when he's a free agent. Um, we'll see what he does this year. But like it's a lot of money they're offering him, right? Like even if they're lowballing him a little uh, off of what of some other top end tight ends are getting, like you're still talking about $25, $30 million, if not, you know, considerably more. So if I'm Goddard, like it would be tough for me to turn that down. On the flip side, you know, he could really increase his value this offseason. Like he could, he could make more, a lot more money next offseason as a as an unrestricted free agent. So, I think the Eagles are correct. And this was honestly when the Carson deal happened. Like I said, when they signed when they signed Carson, like you're really not getting him at that big of a discount. He was like a top three paid quarterback at the time. And I think with Goddard, if you're the Eagles, like only sign him to an extension if he's going to sign a team friendly extension. Like why else? Why would you pay him top dollar now when in a year? He, you're going to have to pay him that anyway. And if you're Goddard, I, I understand not taking a below market value because next year you could get another, you could get a way bigger deal. So I'm actually not a surprise deal to get done because I think they're in a very unique situation where both sides probably is playing their hands correctly. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not surprised the deal didn't get done. I'm surprised that Dallas Goddard told us all that the deal didn't get done and phrased it the way he phrased it, saying, "I guess they're going in another direction." Like, not like, "Oh, we're working on it." Oh, we hope to have something done. Like he was basically like, "Yeah, it ain't happening." I, I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked by it. And also taking it a step further, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, Elliot, but what mm-hmm. what the bleep has Dallas Goddard done to be paid top dollar? Right? I well, mean, I okay. mean, he's a nice That's... tight end. I like Dallas Goddard. I, 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 when we did our draft of players, he was on my team. Like, I like Dallas Goddard, but like, he should not be get. Like, Mark Andrews got four for fifty six. Right? Like, Mark Andrews is a way better tight end than Dallas Goddard. So it's an interesting debate because if you just look at his resume, you're right. He's not put up like Pro Bowl numbers, but he's also I, been playing uh, behind uh, 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 He's not become anywhere near Pro Bowl. Like, let's be honest. No, 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 I, right, right, right. But 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 when you sign a player like this, like you are paying for the future somewhat. Like, I, I guess I would ask you, what do you think Goddard? What do you think Goddard's going to be? Like, that's the question. Like, over the next four years, what will Goddard be? I think he's a nice tight end. Like, I think he's a top, top fifteen. Yeah, like top 10, like probably around like 9 through 12 range, 8 through eight through 12. Somewhere in that range would be what I would say. He's a, a really nice player, but I don't think Dallas Goddard is a top five tight end in football. I just don't. I don't think he's going to be at any point in his career. Like, And if he is, it's strictly because the rest, it's a weak crop. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's possible right. where there's just a, a dearth of, of great tight ends at a certain time or whatever. But yeah, I think Dallas Goddard is a nice player. You know, I think he's a very nice player. I want him on my team. But and obviously, we're we're making a leap, assuming what type of numbers he's looking for and stuff. But um, you know, unless like, I think he should be paid. You know, less than what Mark Andrews got. Like he should be in that range. But I'm guessing he's looking for. We don't know. We don't know what he's looking for. But it does seem so you like you wouldn't sign him to a substantial. Like I mean, I, obviously, I'm sure there's some deal you would I, sign him a, to. But exactly. you would not sign him to like a top would, five tight end deal. No, I definitely would not. I wouldn't. Okay. Would you? Not not right now, no. I would not. I would wait a year and then I would I would always rather and this is maybe bad financial decision, but like frankly, I'd rather overpay for something I'm certain about than try to get a bargain on something I don't even know if it's going to be worth it. Like like to your point, like Goddard, I think you're if you sign Goddard, you're paying for his potential. Like, you know, he could if he is what what he is right now, he's a very good tight end, but if he's going to get top 5 money, then he's got to show he can be an every down starting tight end. Now, he might not get the chance this year. Like, that's another part of it, is with Ertz back, like, how much 12 are they going to play? And when they do play 11, who's out there the most? Like, how much does Sirianni want to play 12 person now? So it's 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 not a good situation for, for either of them. Now, Zach Ertz has already made a ton of money in his career. He's already had his career. Like, it doesn't matter as much for Zach. But for Dallas, like, it is a tough spot because this was his year to put up big numbers, and... It looks like it's going to be tougher for him to do that. Yeah. No, it really is. And and you're right. This is a year where he wants to, you know, compile those numbers, get that contract. All right, let me let me ask you one more on this. If you had to bet only one of the two is an eagle in 2022, is it Goddard or Ertz? So I think I would bet Ertz because Ertz wow. would be cheaper to sign. Wow. Yeah, what a swing. He'll be, he'll be cheaper to sign. I think he wants to be here more. Not that Dallas doesn't want to be here, but correctly, Dallas's main objective right now should be to get paid, right? Like if he has to go play for the Bengals and they'll pay him the most money, like go get the money. Like I don't fault Dallas at all for that. But if they don't sign him until next offseason and he should hit the open market, like I, I think he would be more well. I think he would enjoy going somewhere else after 
them continually not making him the guy here. Wow, that is wild to think what do you about. Th- and I, I think you, I agree with you. I, I think you're right. I, I think, and again, I think it could be either. I think it's like close to 50-50 if I had to choose, but um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I just, I'm just yeah. reacting how crazy it is that we were all sure Zach Ertz was not going to be an Eagle this year, and now we're talking about Zach Ertz potentially just being here. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it's all a right. crazy league. It is. All right, two last things I wanted to get to. Uh, one, captains. Um, I think, obviously, the fact that Jalen Hurts was voted a captain by his teammates is a great thing. It jives yep. with everything we've heard about, you know, what they're saying in the locker room about him and all that. Love it. I think the captains, for the most part, are kind of what you would have accept, expected, except for one notable absence. A guy we were just talking about, a certain Super Bowl champion, veteran in the league. You know, when you see that Brandon Graham's a captain, you see that Jason Kelsey's a captain, you know, you look at it and you say, shouldn't Zach Ertz be a captain, Elliot? Well, what's interesting is, remember last year, Doug didn't make him a captain. Mm -hmm. And, like, that was not, you know, he wasn't thrilled about that, right? So, like, if, I mean, unless they, like, you know, somehow, like, altered the results to fit what they wanted, like, he wasn't voted a captain by his teammates. So, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's it's eye-raising. Now, I don't know how much you look to Zach Ertz to be a veteran leader, because there are, like, Jason Kelsey on that side of the ball. Like they do have a lot of veteran leaders and you have obviously Jalen hurts, but yeah, it was interesting. I, I also thought Rodney being voted a captain was a little interesting considering he's been on, you know, pup the entire time. Since, yeah. Since but he's, he's been here for a while and he's also got that kind of personality. And if you're going to pick someone from the secondary, he's definitely the one to make the most sense from the defensive backfield. I don't know. Um, I get what you're saying, but Rodney comes off that way to me. And he's also been here a while now at this point, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. I, I would just that one caught me a little more off guard. Oh, for me, it was just Ertz. Ertz not being one was the only thing that stood out to me. Otherwise, I thought it was great. All right, last thing. Um, anytime you get a chance to say the name, you gotta say the name. Jim Bob Cooter's here now. How about that? <laughs> I mean, he certainly has a name where you don't just say like James Robert chances? Cooter. Yeah, like what are the chances Sirianni calls him Jim? Nope. Right, like he's got to always be like, "Yo, Jim, Jim Bob Cooter." Yo, Coots. Right, like I feel like he must. Yeah, Coots. Yeah. That could be a good nickname for him. Jim um, Bob is good. You know. You know, he could do nothing his entire career, and I'll always remember him positively for how bad he made the Eagles look that one Thanksgiving oh, Day yeah, game. Oh, dude, like, own their soul, Chip. I remember that well. Yeah. So who knows what he's theoretic, been doing since then? Theoretic, like, just beat Michael Kendricks in the end zone again just now. This second, I just saw yeah, it. it was unbelievable. I mean, like. You you could have told me he was offensive coordinator for a team and I would have believed it. So the fact that they signed him as just like a consultant, like yeah, I'm I'm all in. I think it's a good move by them. Yeah, why not? I like him. I don't think there's any real downside to it. Um, all right, uh, that's all I got. You got anything else before we get out of here? I mean, I'm just like very excited for Sunday. Oh, so I, can hear I just it in your can't voice, wait for buddy. it to get here. I can hear it in your voice. And just imagine if they win and then they go home for the home opener. Like, ah, you know, it could be good. Kyle Shanahan coming to town. Let's go. Yeah. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. James G. We making our picks? Yeah. It's time, buddy. He's a handsome fellow, by the way. Did you know that about Jimmy G? I've heard it once or twice. I, I, you know, I'm just making sure people know it's not really talked about a lot. Handsome fella. 
Should I go first? Please. Or you want to go first? Well, you might as well. I mean, there's no drama in your pick. You're, I mean, it's just right. a question of how much you have the Eagles winning by. So, yeah. drum roll, please. <laughs> Elliot Shore right. Parks, your official prediction. Week one, the Philadelphia Eagles at Atlanta Falcons. What do you got? Three and a half point line. 38 to 21 Eagles. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going big. I, I think they're going to move the ball up and down the field against the Falcons. I think Jalen Hurts is going to score four total touchdowns. Oh, All right. Um, my official pick, week one, Eagles at Falcons. I have the Eagles covering. Mm. But losing. 27-24 oh Falcons. All right. 27 points. So the defense doesn't have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I think there'll be a like a turnover in there. I think a little sloppiness, not quite ready to start the season. And it's a tough one. I actually was good at 24-21, and I changed it the last second. I think 24-21 is really what I think. So I'm going back to my gut. I'm changing it. It's 24-21 Falcons. 24. All right. Well, that's a bad day all around. Like 21 yeah. points is a bad showing for the not offense. A 24 points moment. isn't terrible for the defense, but, you know, it's not ideal. Not ideal. Not ideal. But look, I got a cover. So, you know, we're both well, on the same side as far as our weekly picks go. That's something to be excited about. It's time to find out. <laughs> I hope you're right, man. Go birds. Take them down. I really just, again, we're not going to get back into analyzing the game. Like, they're way better on the lines. You now, did. You question. did sway me. I was gonna, for what it's worth, I was gonna pick Atlanta to cover, and you swayed me to a cover. For what it's worth, so you at least did that. Here's a question: If they win, do they? Do I tweet out that they're five and zero? Yeah. And then put four and zero joint practices, one and zero regular season. Please, yeah, just just for the likes, buddy. You got to. I feel like I have to, right? Uh, no doubt. It's you've never needed to do anything more in your life. I don't think. All right. I'll get it ready. <laughs> All right. You got any final thoughts? No, I'm literally only thinking about the football game. You're just so, like, so there's locked really in right now. In my life. Oh, I love yeah. it. All right. Uh, later this week, the Parks Picks Pod will go through every single game on the slate. Our first of the year. I can't wait for that. And then this weekend, Elliot's going to be partying up at a bachelor party, having fun, uh, hanging I know. out. It'll be fun. I'm excited. But it'll be a good just, time. Nothing worse. It's just, than it's just bad time having to drink. It's like, bro, yeah, you know, you, you know, throw your best man a bone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a little, a little selfish. Just a little touch, a little know. bone. You know, yeah, a little selfish. It's not yeah. like it's, you know, I know it's your wedding, but like, come on, all right? Well, hopefully, it's the only time he ever has to do it. So. <laughs> Fingers crossed on that one, buddy. Uh, yeah, Jack Fritz will pinch hit for you on Saturday. Check us out one to three on WIP, and then Sunday night reaction pod, Elliot. How about it? That's that's Sunday exciting. night. Yeah, we get to react to an Eagles game. That'll be a lot of fun. So yes. Sunday night, that'll be out. So uh, until later in the week, uh, fucking go, baby. Let's go. Football. I'm so excited. All right. Um, that's all I got. He's Item James. Talk Let's do you. it. Yes. See you guys.